Welcome to Married to Politics. This podcast focuses on political topics that you accidentally end up discussing with someone way more knowledgeable than you. Except here, I save you the trouble by discussing politics accidentally on purpose. I'm Sarah Goggins, here with my husband, Derek Santola, who is the true political expert. Not unlike most mornings in our house, each episode, Derek surprises me with a key political issue that he is overprepared to discuss while I ask the hard-hitting and often awkward questions until I either understand or tire him out on the topic. So Derek, what are we discussing today? So today's topic is the Green New Deal. Oh, this has been in the news. I'm so excited. Okay, this is AOC's thing, right? That's right. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the congresswoman out of New York, was the introductory sponsor for this resolution in the House. A similar resolution was introduced in the U.S. Senate. Okay, but what is it and why is it so damn controversial? So that's a great question. So starting off with what it is. First of all, it was a resolution that was introduced in 2019. What's a resolution versus legislation? Yeah, so that's a great question. So the two chambers of Congress can introduce either resolutions, which Mm -hmm. are non-binding affirmations by the chamber versus a bill. A bill eventually, after going through the legislative process, is what becomes a law. If the Green New Deal were to even go into effect, it would have to be turned into a bill versus a resolution. Copy that. So the Green New Deal was introduced in February of 2019 in response to a report that was published by a UN body, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change who issued a report in late 2018 that said that if the global uh, temperature was going to increase um, by 1.5 degrees Celsius, we would be in a state of no return. Mm. Um, Climate change would overcome our environmental, economic, and even national security systems, um, and we'd be in a state of total disarray. So this idea, which has been referred to as shorthand as Green New Deal, Um, is a 10-year mobilization effort that by 2030, we would have um, smoothly and intelligently transitioned off of a fossil fuel-fueled economy onto alternative resources such as wind, solar, and other renewables. But aren't we already doing that? We're not doing it to the degree that the UN body suggested we needed to do it at. That doesn't sound incredibly controversial. What's the what's the crux of why people hate this? A lot of the criticism around the Green New Deal actually come from myths or falsehoods about what's actually in the plan itself. Uh, so one of them is that um, we will be completely off of meat altogether. And this came from... Yeah, I'm opposed to that. Sure, I love my steak and hamburger <laughs> as much as any the next person. Um, This comment uh, derived off of a statement that was made by a former Trump aide, Sebastian Gorka, in a 2019 CPAC uh, conference where he said specifically that AOC and the Green New Deal was coming for everyone's hamburgers. Uh, In response, AOC retorted she didn't actually want to get rid of hamburgers. Of course not. She suggested maybe we should take another look at factory farming and that Americans perhaps shouldn't be eating hamburgers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Are Americans really that up in arms about meat or is there more to this? So another uh, criticism of the Green New Deal is that it seeks to abolish private health insurance and health insurance companies. And that- Well, what does that have to do with 
the climate change. First of all, that's not a factual statement. It doesn't seek to do anything to health insurance companies. Okay. Um, if you go to congress.gov, which is the authority I'm on... I'm not going to do that. But you, I assume you went there. For all of the listeners, I went to congress.gov, and we'll drop the link in the show notes. It's... The only mention that it has regarding healthcare is that it wants to provide high quality healthcare and affordable and safe options for everyone. And that's controversial. Why? Well, again, it's something that in a political election year like the one we're going mm. through now, it's something for the conservative base to, to latch on to. But if you actually go and look at the text of the resolution, what it's seeking to do it are actually pretty basic ideas that I think most people would agree on. So first of all, it it wants to achieve net zero greenhouse gases um, by 2030. Some people criticize that that's too quick. Uh, In fact, the the Biden plan, which is seeking to do similar things to the Green New Deal, is a little less ambitious and seeks to be off um, fossil fuels by the year 2050. So it's a 10-year versus a 30-year turnaround. Also, by doing this... Oh my god. 2030s in 10 years. Yeah, it's coming right now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Did that just hit you for a second? It did. <laughs> Although if the decade goes as slowly as 2020 has, we won't be there for another 100. Ooh. So, again, the Green New Deal is seeking to make this transition by establishing millions of high-wage jobs and ensuring economic security for everyone. The Green New Deal seems to be more than just climate change. Are people getting thrown because the word green is in front of it? Or no, like, am I missing something? So I think the big concern is that this is a, this is seen as a massive government overreach. Mm. The term, the okay. term New Deal itself harkens back to the 1930s. FDR. That's right, under Pre- President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who mobilized the country through the Great Depression by spending and creating what was known as Alphabet Soup, a series of government organizations that mobilized the economy and turned us around. But mobilizing the economy, and this one is inherently negative, is, is a counter-argument. That we, that's too much government. I think that's what conservatives would point okay. to, is that this is too much government, although they had the same criticisms of the New Deal in the 30s. Okay, and I want to I understand... All the sides of this. Are there opponents that are Democrats of this? Are there proponents who are Republicans? Or is this straight up down party lines? So even within the Democratic Party, a lot of what you saw over the um, Democratic primary and even Joe Biden's comments during the general election was that the Green New Deal was too ambitious. Being off of fossil fuels within a decade seemed like it was pretty quick. However, one of the things that Joe Biden also ran on was getting the U.S. back into the Paris Climate Accords. So what did we agree to in the Paris Climate Accords? The Paris Climate Accords themselves were signed in 2015. They were a consensus building on to the U.N.'s Framework Convention on Climate Change, or the UNFCCC. Mm -hmm. This was an agreement between major emissions countries, including the United States, that would seek to not only reduce carbon emissions, but maintain pre-industrialized standards. Mm. One of their main agenda pieces was the so-called 2020-20 targets. So this meant a overall global reduction of carbon dioxide emissions by 20%, an increased use of renewable energies 
by a market share of 20% and a 20% increase in energy efficiency. However, instead of this being a top-down approach where there was an international agreement and enforced on individual signatories, this was a bottom-up approach. So the Paris Agreement said, okay countries, you're gonna have to figure out how you reach these benchmarks, but we're not gonna have an enforcement mechanism. It was an agreement to say, we need to get this because it's such a big deal, but you're on your own to figuring it out. So the Paris Climate Accords is an international agreement, whereas the Green New Deal would be a domestic framework for one, mobilizing the economy that's been hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. And two, would be seeking to combat the external threat of climate change. You can have an international framework, however, you're not able to meet the goals of that framework if you're not doing things domestically. Internally, sure. The whole point of assigning, I mean, the Paris Climate Accords are really just an international handshake that we're all going to make internal domestic changes, no? That's exactly what it is. Okay. Um, I don't understand how the Green New Deal is related to COVID, seeing as that resolution was passed in 2019, before most of us, or if any of us, knew that COVID was a thing. So the Green New Deal, um, through the lens of uh, what the Biden um, president, like Joe Biden, is termed as a clean energy revolution, is again this concept of a government and government spending inspired mobilization to get people off of the unemployment rolls and instead of receiving government stimulus checks, back into work, um, all working towards the same ideal of rebuilding our crumbling infrastructure as well as improving our already existing um, buildings, utility lines, etc., to get us to be in a position where we're not going to be facing that kind of existential threat that the UN body warned us about in 2018. So it's mobilizing people that are unemployed because of COVID-19 okay. into combating an even bigger threat, which is climate change. How is that inherently an issue because it's climate related? That we shouldn't be transitioning towards cleaner fo- cleaner fuels and away from fossil fuels is that is, is that the inherent controversy or is it that AOC is a polarizing figure and because she signed her name to it people are going to beat their chest? So I think it's a little bit of everything. But uh, to touch on your first point, um, listening to people that are actually involved in the energy community, there's already an attempt to move off of fossil fuels and to move towards renewable energy. However, the the breakneck pace of the Green New Deal calls for doing it within 10 years mm. is a bridge too far. For uh, most people. For, that, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the line that people are drawing in the sand. Like, well, we kind of agree with you, but slow your roll. Exactly. I okay. mean, one of the um, surprising comments to come out of the final presidential debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Is this the fracking? This was the fracking Mm, comment. I mean, Donald Trump himself even said that's a big statement when Joe Biden said that greenhouse gases were, emissions were not clean and that we needed to finally move off of fossil fuels. Now, the official Biden statement was that we were going to be reducing fracking on federally owned lands, not state and privately owned lands. Um, But the effect was the same, that we were going to be moving from a um, domestic energy market that's focused on um, uh, natural gas and petroleum, the uh, fossil fuel economy, and moving towards things like wind, solar, 
and other renewables. Interesting. Now, specifically to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, what's interesting is that on the Senate side, like I said before, there was a, a mirror resolution. Uh-huh. That was introduced by Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey. Now, Ed Markey also was up Not for... Not the same ring to it as AOC, just saying. <laughs> Hot take. So, Ed Markey was primaried by Joe Kennedy III, who was who is a a congressman out of Massachusetts. Markey uh, ran on being um, the author of the Green New Deal. And so in certain parts of the country like Massachusetts, being a proponent of the Green New Deal is actually a good thing. Whereas other parts of the country, primarily in states like Texas that are... Well, that's oil country. That's right. That are dependent on fossil fuels for their economy. The Green New Deal is not as um, popular. I mean, does the Green New Deal... so I feel like things like this, it never happens exactly to the letter, but it's more of an aspirational situation. Are there compromises in the middle to help move us towards some of the goals that the Green New Deal has, as well as assuaging concerns of Texans, you know, about a, a potentially dying industry? Is oil a dying industry? Are we ever allowed to say that? Because we also have a goal to be energy independent so that we're not relying on foreign countries for oil. Right. So that's precisely right. And and I think the uh, Biden plan would be seen as that kind of middle of the road. You know, it's it's less ambitious than the Green New Deal, and it comes in at a lower cost, which is one of the main criticisms. So in the first presidential debate, President Trump claimed that the Green New Deal would cost $100 trillion to the taxpayers. However, in the second debate, Vice President Mike Pence said that it would cost somewhere around $2 trillion. Um, so we just shrunk it by $98 trillion. trillion. So uh, according to most experts, the Green New Deal would come in somewhere around $93 trillion. Okay. However, the Biden plan would cost the federal government $1.7 trillion. Okay. But it would be supplemented by... Payments in by estimated by the private sector, state and local governments, uh, closer to five trillion dollars. Instead of it being purely from the federal government down, it would be a, a private partner, private-public uh, partnership between both the federal government, state, states and localities, as well as private industry to transition from fossil fuel-based economy to one that's more reliant on renewables. And they would do that by having specific goals. Some of those goals would include building smart power grids, updating existing buildings and constructing new ones, achieving maximum energy and water efficiency, removing pollution and greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation and agricultural sectors, cleaning up existing hazardous waste and abandoned sites, and ensuring business persons are free from unfair competition. Okay, but that sounds really expensive. How, how do we get companies to pay for that? So the general tools that are used are, are tax, tra- uh, tax credits for companies that do this, um, as well as federal and state spending. So okay. it would be a combination of those two things. Because one of the things that's likely going to be cited by conservatives is that this is going to be a giant hit against the federal deficit, which is between um, the Bush, Obama, and Trump administrations has exceeded well into the trillions. Um, So according to 
the U.S. Global Change Research Program, the global average temperature exceeding pre-industrial levels by two degrees or more will cause more than 500 billion in lost economic and annual output in the U.S. by the year 2100. Long after um, the post-World War II or baby boomer generation is long gone and our children and grandchildren are inhabiting the earth, um, this will be not only an economic catastrophe as well as a environmental one. Sure. Okay. I get that. Two-part question. When are we the people going to stop expecting companies to continue to do the wrong thing? Like at a certain point, isn't it incumbent on us to hold corporations responsible and just to say, hey, do it because it's the right thing. Do it because long term, this is better for everyone and for our country. I think as this becomes more of a concern and also there are certain things like green investment where companies are taking money in order to um, build out green initiatives, changing off of fossil fuels, ensuring that their buildings are up to, to lead um, standards, which means that they are energy efficient and they're not causing more emissions than they need to. There's a real incentive to do this because not only is it good for the environment, but it's good for the other type of green, the bottom line. Yeah, that's my thing is no one's asking these companies to be poor or be martyrs, just get creative. Be smart, be inventive, and make money in a beautiful new way that is cleaner for the environment. I don't understand why that is such a controversial statement. And then before I forget my second point, this whole deficit, I continue to, my mind continues to be blown that no one, no one cares about that deficit when their party's in office, but the second transit there's a transition we really have to get our budget in, uh, we have to get our deficit in check like no one cared that trump just ran it up democrats didn't care that biden that obama ran it up but all of a sudden president-elect biden hasn't even been in hasn't even formally been in office yet and you have lindsey graham talking about we really have to get our deficit in check like, where was that literally the last four years so there's a definite um immediacy to uh, major catastrophes such as the Great Recession 2008, the COVID pandemic that's going on this year. Oh my gosh, of course spend money towards that. That is an absolute necessity. And we can have a whole separate issue on too big to fail. I think we the people are too big to fail. And I think that's part of the bottom line of the Green New Deal. Right. Is what it sounds like. It's that society, humanity, the earth is too big to fail. Let's bail out the climate. Let's help people get jobs in a manner that will benefit the earth, quite literally. Absolutely. And I think most people would agree with that. It's just the major concern of losing jobs in the process of what Democrats would say is creating jobs. I mean, currently the U.S. gets 80% of its energy from coal, petroleum, and natural gas. And as I said before, um, certain organizations, such as the American Action Forum, estimate that the cost of actually implementing the Green New Deal would be close to $93 trillion. So it's a big paycheck. I guess that makes sense to me. We can't have a solution that is worse than the problem. I just, in figuring out all the possible ways to implement the Green New Deal or Biden's version of it, we really have to, you know, look at unemployment, the deficit, keeping companies and retraining, there's just a lot of variables that go into this. 
which is why I think the the Biden plan to do it by 2050 to reduce the amount of um, the cost as well as the kind of knee-jerk reaction of the change, that gradualism is likely what's going to to win the day. Is that I think everybody agrees that it's a it's an issue. I mean those that actually believe the science, those that actually think that climate change is an issue. And I think that the fact that we have um, the most forest fires in the western part of our country. I, mean, I don't think we even need to debate. Climate change is real. We don't, that's not up for debate. Like, I'm not, I'm not pretending. There's a certain segment no, of the care. country like, that, that wouldn't agree with you. That's fine. That's not, it's not up for debate. Like, it, climate change exists. Climate change is happening. The science fully backs it. It's not, like, we're not, no, like, this just in, I don't care about your, that's not an opinion to have. That, like, you can't have an opinion that is not based in reality. So I think that the UN body would absolutely agree with you. And I think that the growing support of the fact that climate change is an issue that needs to be handled now um, is growing. However, it's the way that we get to combating the issue is where people are at a disagreement that makes total sense to me though and i appreciate that we want to be energy independent i appreciate that we don't want to lose thousands of jobs without having retraining programs or being able to ensure that these people can be employed for as long as they want and need to be employed i i appreciate that there are a lot of questions about how do we get there successfully but it just seems like the people blindly love or hate the Green New Deal just by sheer party lines in the news. And that is just immensely unhelpful to voters. So we talked kind of the differences between the uh, progressive versus moderate wing of the Democratic Party. On the conservative side of the coin, there are also ideas that are um, – out there to try to combat the issue. However, it goes through more of a, uh, a carbon tax attempt. So the basic concept under a, uh, a carbon tax is that it's based off consumption um, or production. Whenever a company uh, or entity emits um, carbon into the environment, they would be taxed on all of that. That just means you're rich enough to pollute. I don't. That doesn't fix anything. That just lets you... I don't, that I mean, that's great. Let's, that's, that's one part of a solution. Let's make it too expensive to pollute. Sure. But that doesn't solve anything. I mean. But it's an end run around the concept of taxing Americans. It's a sin tax. And You're then, sinning. You're polluting. Right. Which is. Been which is great. Like Very fine. effective in the reduction on smoking. But that can't be the end all be all. I'm just presenting it as a, no, I a, agree. a conservative idea. I agree. I, 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 this is not me frustrated at you. I'm frustrated. Like That doesn't actually solve the underlying problem. That just feels like a, a band-aid. I think it'll probably be a concept of, of everything. I think <sighs> the United States is pretty good at throwing everything to the wall and seeing what sticks. I think, <laughs> I think we'll have a combination of... Um, increased corporate taxes, specifically aimed at something like a carbon tax. Um, I know that the Biden administration has also made statements that they would increase taxes um, from the current 36% to 38% in order to specifically um, help employees. So it's a workers' rights mm. um, idea versus an, an environmental initiative. 
However, I'm sure we'll look at um, using both carrots and sticks over the course of the Biden administration. What's really going to be interesting is how it comes down to the Senate. I mean, based off all predictions, it's going to be a Republican-led Senate, and the relationship between President-elect Biden and presumptive Majority Leader Mitch McConnell will really um, dictate how any of this gets done. Hopefully, they can come together and reach an idea. I think where we're really going to see inroads is through infrastructure. I think that's something that affects everybody. And the last time in this country where we had a major infrastructure revolution was in the 50s during the Dwight Eisenhower administration where we had the U.S. interstate system installed. I think that's what we can look forward to. That was something the Trump administration uh, tried to do on several occasions. I feel like every first week of the month was infrastructure week for the Trump administration. But he had he had a friendly Senate and couldn't get it done. Why... That's we'll we'll cross that on a different podcast, but that sounds. So, in summary, for all of our listeners, the Green New Deal—not trying to take your hamburgers away, not trying to reduce health insurance. In fact, it's more um, focused on combating climate change as well as creating jobs through a um, revolution. Uh, through taxing and spending. And no matter where you come down on the issue, I think it's going to be interesting to see as the Biden administration gets started over the first 100 days of 2021. This was an exciting topic. I didn't think I would be so passionate about it, honestly. Um, But that's probably because I didn't understand it fully. Um, Thank you. Yeah, the more you know. And like I said, I will drop all of the links into our show notes, including the uh, resolution, um, by congress.gov, as well as um, the UN report that I mentioned, as well as the, uh, the Cato Institute's uh, carbon tax plan. That way, if you're interested in this topic, you can delve into it even further. Thanks. There we go. Thanks all.